Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Sandra. And I'm Gary. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 14 years. But this is the place where we talk about cocktails. We'll be talking about products, we'll be talking about books, and we'll be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you'll love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the drinks world and asking them for their top tips to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail-wise. So, let's hear what's on the show this week. As summer finally arrives here in Blighty, a lot of people's thoughts are turning to taking a holiday and heading off to foreign climes. With this in mind, we thought we'd take in a little travel ourselves for this, the final episode in this current season. Our first product review is Drum Shambo Gunpowder Irish Gin with Californian Orange Citrus, while our second takes us to Mexico for a tasting of the intriguing spirit Nocheluna Sotol. We're also heading to Palermo, Italy and Igea Tarazza to experience a legendary venue and try the new drinks created by Salvatore Calabresi. Our book is the aptly titled Around the World in 80 Cocktails from Australian bartender and writer Chad Parkhill. Then it's time for a chat with Taco Chang, one of the team behind the award-winning bar Double Chicken Please in New York City. But first, we are the cocktail lovers, so let's make ourselves, at home in London, a cocktail. So we're talking um, international. We Do are. you remember back in the day when you used to send airmail letters? Do you remember those <laughs> airmail letters? Well, I don't think I ever sent one, but I know what they looked. They were very distinctive. It was bl- they were blue, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, really lightweight paper, and yeah. you'd fold them over. Or you could have airmail stickers. So these were things that you did when you were sending something abroad. So I thought tenuous little link here <laughs> that I'd make an airmail cocktail. Oh. Is, so, it, is it blue? It isn't blue, yeah. but it's lovely <laughs> and fresh and very summery. Mm. So what we start with is 30 mils of a gold, sort of light-aged rum. Yeah. So like a three-year-old or something. So it's 30 mils per serve. So we'll have 60 mils for the two of us. Something about, I can smell that rum. It instantly says summer, doesn't it? Yeah. We're using the lovely um, Equiano rum, which we really like. Yeah. So that's 60 ml there. We have 30 mils for two of lime juice. So that's Mm -hmm. 15 mils each. Freshly squeezed. Of course. I saw you doing it just now. So I can vouch for it being freshly Mm -hmm. squeezed. And then we have 30 mils of honey syrup. So that's three parts honey, one part water, which I have lovingly made a little bit earlier. So that's 30 mils for the two of the drinks. Yeah. Just Mm. measure in there. And so we'll put some ice in these little babies here. Lots of ice. It's a lovely, really, really warm day out here today. So It really is. This um, rum-based cocktails, I think, really work for summer. Yeah. So this one, wait a minute, yeah, we're all ready. There you go. Good action. You've got your shaker face on. I really have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If I could just describe it, it's a mixture of serious con- <laughs> concentration and unbridled fun. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> and then we're icing up some Collins glasses, highball yeah. glasses. Yeah. I mean, if you... It would be really nice, I think, to have like those long cylindrical ice cubes that you get, oh, you know? Yeah, actually, we should we should invest do in some that. of those. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that this is fine. You've got lots of photos. I know what you mean because I've just seen them around in bars. Yeah. Before. They and, look really yeah, great. And I, and I guess they uh, melt a little less speedily. Yeah. They just look beautiful. Yeah, they do. So, so I'm dividing this between our two glasses. Yep. It's a lovely fresh colour. Yeah, nice and light. And then Ooh. to that, 
we add now that didn't sound like a huge pop because we'd actually opened this last yeah. night so and it is what do you what what sh- it's some you, champagne what? so champagne um, <laughs> champagne <laughs> some brute champagne yeah. and it's a 45 mils per serve so I'm actually going to measure this out. Usually I'd just top it with it. But right. the recipe says 45 mils, so I'm not deviating for, for that. Yeah. From that. So that's 45 mils per serve. Mm-hmm. Fizzing okay. away nicely. Yeah. God, top, I'm, top, I'm top. Really looking forward to this. As you say, it's, I mean, it's been so hot here in mm. London the last few days and across the UK. So I think I am looking to forward to cooling down. So I'll just this. pull that through a little yeah. bit just to yeah. make sure it's all integrated. All the loveliness. Yeah. And you can just serve this as it is, or you can just top with a little bit of mint just ah. to accentuate that yeah, freshness rum and mint always mm. good friendship isn't it? and there oh, you are you. your airmail Cheers. let's have a little our love letter Cheers. to our international episode mm. oh well done that's fantastic okay so i'm going for a gin right and it is well, I have to take a deep breath for the name of this. Mm-hmm. It is Drum Shanbo Gunpowder Irish Gin with Californian Orange Citrus. Blimey, there's a lot going there's on a whole there, then, isn't there, there? Isn't there? I mean, I've got to admit, I haven't tried the original Drum Shambo Gunpowder Irish Gin. Right. And I don't think you have either. So, hang on. So, what do you mean? So, this isn't this, this the original? Is a, this, this is, no, this is a, a special edition. Right. Okay. So, that's what I mean. I haven't tried the original. Mm. So, we're dry, diving straight in with a special edition. Good. It sounds about right for yeah. us. So, um, it, I mean, that's, I had to add a little look around. It's um, They describe all their products, their gins and vodkas and whiskey, all coming from the curious mind of P.J. Rigney. And I get the impression from reading up on it, it's like, like someone who's he's really done a lot of travelling. and he's sort of Is bringing, it a real person or is it yeah, one of these yeah, yeah, mystical? Yeah, okay. and he's done a I, – I asked myself that question mm. when I started because it says on the bottle something about his name. I, I, while I'm talking, let me pass you that bottle. So I think he'd done a lot of travelling and he's brought his travels home to Ireland to sort of make these wonderful libations. I love this bottle, actually. It's got mm. a lovely orangey, orangey hue. It's mm. nicely ridged and it's got yeah. this beautiful label with, um, you know, like pink and shears, the way that it's all yeah. sort of cut out and stuff. It's just really lovely. Is and it? then there's something... It hints at the oranges on the neck of the bottle with um, this beautiful illustration yeah. around the band. So I dare say you're going to regale us with <laughs> stories of what lies beneath. Uh, well, a little. Um, but I agree <laughs> about the bottle design. I really like the bottle design. And the, the label has lots of stuff going, lots of copy. But I was really intrigued by this little character Oh, you and your characters, yeah. okay. And it, I looked at it, I kept looking and looking, and I thought, it looks like a hare mm. with antlers. And I thought, so I, I have no idea what that was. So I Googled hare with antlers. And there's actually a, a thing in America, North America, called, called a jackalope, which is oh. a fantasy character. So it doesn't really exist. It's apparently cowboys, when they, uh, they'd been out too long in the sun, they would think they saw this yes that's sad why it's on the bottle i don't know okay let's get on with the drink please (laughs) anyway back to what's (laughs) in it uh so it's got lots of oriental botanicals and significantly gunpowder tea right and and of course with this special edition they've got californian orange citrus lovely so all sorts of things going on so let me get the get me cork out hold on so it's made where in Ireland, did yeah, you say? Yes, right, okay. in Ireland. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as I say, he PJ sounds like he'd done a lot of travelling, right? Bringing together Irish botanicals and Oriental, particularly the the gunpowder tea, and in this case the and the Californian Californian orange. orange mm, so, okay. Oh, that that got an orange hue? think it has it has actually yeah because the bottle's very orange but i think this even the gin has got a little 
Actually, has it? I mean, we have to say that sometimes we, we, we're talking about our colours and we're like, oh, is this such and such a colour? We do this in a, a room which has got light, you know, we've yeah, got lights in it, so light, we can't yeah. actually tell sometimes yeah. if it is clear. Yeah, I think this might be clear, to be honest, yeah. now yeah, that I'm yeah. holding it yeah. up. But anyway, I think that we sort of hinted at the orange because of the colour of the yes, bottle as yes, well. Yes, power of suggestion. Mm. But it's very fragrant on the nose, very mm. light. Oh. Very orangey, very, very nicely mm. citrus, actually. Mm. And it has got that lovely hint of spice as well, which is beautiful. Yeah. And maybe that's the gunpowder tea as well yeah. coming through. It's also, lovely. yeah, I think there's a... A really little bit of smokiness. Again, mm. I think that might be the tea. Not yes. being an expert on gunpowder tea. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But I think the orange comes through really beautifully. Mm. I really like that. And I must just say, they've got a recipe on the website that I was really intrigued about. Mm. And it's called a California gunpowder margarita oh that was so nice. yeah so it's basically a classic margarita but they've dialed down the tequila and dialed in a lot of this gin. so hang on so it has tequila as well as the yes gin. it does bloody it hell does. That so that's a that's a big <laughs> quite <old> punchy <laughs> <laughs> but in the spirit of uh, the curiosity of pj rigney i'm very curious to try that okay. so i think i would definitely be making this that soon because i just really want to know okay i think we should maybe have it on one of the episodes for the next season I'm going well. to make a note of that now so I don't forget. So Brilliant. that is, as I say, Drum Shambo Gunpowder Irish Gin with California Orange Citrus. Wow. That's 43% and it is around about £34 for a 700ml bottle. And generally available or...? Well, uh, yeah, I found this on there. You can get order it direct on their website. Right, okay. Yeah. Perfect. So we're heading to Mexico. Okay, so to from just, Ireland to Mexico. Absolutely, yeah. why not? It's quite okay. a long journey. You know, most people think of Mexico. First of all, we had tequila. Then people have discovered mezcal. Mm -hmm. But this is none of those things. This is another varietal, also from the land of Mexico. But this is called Sotol. It's made from desert spoon agave, which is native to the northern regions of Mexico. Right. So it's not like the, the big agave plants that you have, the blue agave that you have in tequila. This is something completely different. The product itself is called Noche Luna. Yeah. And it's a Sotol. Can I pass mm. you the bottle? I like the bottle, actually. I was eyeing this up earlier. It's sort of... I like the fact there's the label is very, very small on the front, but I like this, um, do you call that like embossing in the glass? Yes, yes. It reminds me of old milk bottles in a really nice yeah. way. That sort of, or a lot of the type is actually heavily embossed onto the glass. Mm. So the thing lovely. to know about Oops, this, so it's 100% wild Sotol, mm -hmm. and each plant takes 15 years to reach maturity. So there's that thing, you know, it's very earthy, yeah. I think. Yeah. This is what I'm, I'm feeling, actually, because that's what you get from mezcal and you get from, from tequila. But it's actually, this has been crafted by local experts. It is the fourth-generation master vinatero, Don Eduardo Arrieta. There's the Sotol educator, Ricardo Pico, and Casa Lumbre, who's the brand behind this. They have their chief innovation officer and partner, Ivan Saldana, who's also partnered on this. But, get this, yeah. their ambassador, I, I think is an ambassador really, is Lenny Kravitz. Wow, the one, okay. the only, the genius yeah. Lenny Kravitz. So that gives it another dimension yes. of interest as well. So, shall we get I into the bottle? I think we should crack it open. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how, if at all, it differs from tequila and mezcal because, you know, for all intents and purposes, we're drinking it from these lovely artisanal... Sotol glasses, which right. look like the ones that you would serve mezcal or tequila in. Yeah. But let's see what you think. What do you think on the nose? Well, it's it's got a nice freshness and it has got, it's got that feeling. Again, I, I don't want to get too into the mezcal tequila thing because, you know, it's the power of suggestion. But mm. it has that nice earthiness. About yeah, definitely. It in the, on definitely. The so this, I mean... It mm. is big, I would say. Very, very smoky. Wow. So to bit. me, mm. it's more 
for comparisons we don't want to compare it but you kind of have to Put it for in context, people yeah, yeah. Mm. it it veers more towards mezcal rather than tequila yes it's got that smokiness as we said mm. behind it but then there's also a really nice minerality i'd say yeah for me there's lots and lots of things going on i got mm. a little bit of sweetness when i first tasted it which was very appealing yeah. as you say there's smoke there but not but it's quite smooth as well smoky. isn't it yeah mm. very very smooth mm. and, and also i love the way uh it lingers the finish is so fantastic mm. i really like this actually mm. this this is i think as i'm looking at the bottle 43 as well 43 43 yeah. yes yes so i would say that if you're probably you know just come into it from vodka or or gin it might feel quite overpowering it is big it's like that very first time that you tried mezcal where it's like whoa do yeah, you know yeah, what i mean yeah, yeah but i think that if you have already taken that journey and you've done the tequila you've done mezcal this is such a fantastic you know extension to that and also another conversation in yeah. that um, mexico family yeah I would, I, I would agree with that because i think i would put myself in that group of people that's been on that journey mm. very slowly I and mean, it took me a long while to really get into mezcal yeah now i really i'm really starting to appreciate mm. it and this as you say it's another step in a journey of and of you know what flavors. if it's good enough for lenny <laughs> i think i'm all on board it's absolutely delicious this is nocha luna sotal and it is from Casa Lumbre, and it's available in the US, France, UK, Spain, and it's around 74-ish euros. I've got prices mm-hmm. in euros, God so knows why. So is it why. in UK? It yeah. is in yeah. UK, but I have mm-hmm. got UK prices. Okay. But we'll put all of the information up in our show notes. As ever. And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. Hi, my name is Michele Mariotti, and I'm the head of bars here at Glen Eagles, and here's my cocktail hack. When you make spritzes at home, always make sure to put the effervescent ingredient first, and then pour the liquors on top. This way, you won't have to mix the drink and you won't lose the carbonation. So now we're heading over to Palermo in Italy. Lovely. And where and did we go? We went to the Igea Tarazza Bar at Villa Igea. Yes. And uh, we have to say that one of the reasons that we went, it was for a new menu created by the one, the only Salvatore Calabrese, yep. a.k.a. the maestro. And he works with Rocco Forte Hotels in London, but he's also created the new menu here. And we were lucky enough to try it out. It's called Once Upon a Time. Yes. And let's just talk a little bit about the bar itself, because mm. uh, it is a beautiful bar. I think they were the, originally the it's the vault yeah so it's like sandstone with those lovely vaulted ceilings mm. there's these amazing murals on the wall which Fre- i don't know beautiful how frescoes old they are. Beautiful. from the 1950s oh right they're, and, yes. they're very, and there's a beautiful bar and there's a story about the bar as well yeah tell us about that because that was really really nice <laughs> well it is interesting because salvatore in his way it's not just about making the drinks in the menu important though that is but it's about the bar, mm. you know, how the bar works. One of the things he said was, it's a beautiful bar, but he said it was too small. Mm. Actual, when I say the bar, I don't mean the bar space. I mean the bar. Uh, the actual structure. Camp, structure, the yeah. structure the And bar. it's a beautiful bar with a, a, lots of wood, a really nice marble top. So understandably, you can't and shouldn't touch that, but it needed to be bigger. So they've actually doubled the size and created another bar next to it which is you can't tell which is which mm. because it's so perfect so there's side by side bars yes yeah, so there's a little gap in the middle but mm. you can't tell one from another but th- that's how well it's been done mm. and so that is beautiful in itself so we should say that the original bar dates from the 1900s yes and this new bar was recreated in 2021 mm. and as you say you can't tell the difference between them but it's so Wonderful. And what Salvatore was saying was, you know, you can imagine that bar counters are where they've heard so many stories and people tell so many stories. And so he wanted to recreate stories 
from the old bar talking to the new bar. Yeah, it's a conversation, yes. which is a rather romantic, charming mm. notion, the old bar and the young whippersnapper yeah, bar. Yeah. yeah, and he says that he likes to think that they talk at night to yeah. each other, you know, yeah. at the end of the evening, maybe talking about what they've seen during yeah. the evening. Yeah. So, and the thing is that that old bar has welcomed some really famous guests mm. over the year. Just just to name but a few: Kirk Douglas, yes, Maria Callas, Harrison Ford, Grace Kelly, Sophia Loren, Paul Newman. I mean, all of the greats, yeah, and now us, <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you if you go there as well. Not you, you've yeah. been, but we're yeah. talking and, to and our, lovely our lovely listener. listener. Yes, yeah. So, so lovely as as it was, and lovely as all of those guests have been, Salvatore and the team have taken inspiration from those guests, yes. and also from the bars talking to each other, and actually dedicated a menu to these wonderful people and iconic people that have been through the through the doors. And the menu is called yes. Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And it includes drinks dedicated to each of these wonderful yeah. guests. There's uh, 10 new cocktails on the menu, all, mm. as you say, inspired by some of these guests. Also, very quickly, I'll just mention, also, there are all the Salvatore classics there. So if you fancy a classic martini. Or breakfast martini. Breakfast martini. You're, you're not going to be disappointed. Absolutely. They're all there. But back to the new menu. Mm. Yeah. I had the one that was dedicated to... Sophia Loren. I mean, what a gorgeous woman she was. Yeah. And this drink is called a Madame Lorraine. And it's bulldog gin, tomato liqueur, strawberry puree, blood orange juice and honey. Really lovely. I mean, it has got that lovely red hue, but just a really beautifully balanced drink. Perfect for drinking on a summer day. Yeah. Really gorgeous. I loved it. Yeah. Because also, actually, you're talking about summer's days, because the bar is lovely, but it spills out in, onto a beautiful oh terrace. Oh, my God, So yes. you're torn, but I think we had a drink inside and a drink outside. Yeah, you have both, to. Both you know, the, the terrace yeah. overlooks the Gulf of Palermo, so it has to be done. Yeah. And um, what did you have? Well, actually, if, if you recall, we both had, interestingly, the Kirk, which mm. uh, is, it, is basically a, a martini, but what a martini. So it's dedicated to Kurt Douglas. And one of the things Salvador says is that Kurt Douglas lived to be 103 and he, and he liked his martinis. So I'm not well, advocating one way or the other, but that's what Sal mm. said. So this martini, it's made with bulldog gin, again, Stolonaya vodka, scented with Evo olive oil, vermouth infused with black olives, and also the way it's served, it's kind of served without dilution, so everything's very icy cold, and there's like these little drops of oil that are dropped onto the drink and then stirred into it. So there's black olive, oregano, and rosemary. And so it is a very potent drink, and I really liked all the very subtle hints of all the herbs and the olives. Well, it reminds you that where you are. Of where you are. And it's mm. so nice these days to see more and more local ingredients getting used in drinks. And, Absolutely. And yeah. um, one of the other ones that we did try was the Newman's Day, yeah, dedicated to I the gorgeous that. blue eyes Paul Newman. Yeah. And that was wild turkey bourbon, mango, passion fruit, and APA Sicilian beer. That was a really lovely, fresh beer focused cocktail. Yeah. But the mango that went with it, it was just really quite beautiful yeah. wasn't it yeah because as again as we were informed um paul newman apparently liked a beer mm. nothing wrong with that and i like this drink very much because it's sort of on the one hand it's thirst quenching it's delicious but also because of these other elements other ingredients it's got you know lots of depth lots of character mm. like mm. like paul himself you know? yeah then there's the ice queen for grace kelly which was Kettle One Vodka, Aqua Bianca, which is Salvatore's liqueur, yeah, indeed, yeah. Um, eucalyptus and anise, plus an aromatic ice. And so there is that sort of crisp freshness, that cold, minty freshness yeah. that does echo the Her. character yeah, of yeah. Grace Kelly. But beautiful, yes, yeah. very aloof, but yeah. also very cool. And that was great. And, you know, that's just an example of some of the wonderful drinks that they've created. They've had some great fun being inspired by those past guests yes. and replicating them in liquid form. And I think that if they were here to taste those drinks, they would be 
very happy indeed on cause all round i would yeah, say yeah so it's, it, i couldn't agree more i mean it really evoked the spirit of those wonderful iconic film stars divas mm. that we don't kind of have today yeah we don't yeah, yeah. that glamour of yeah. that era yeah. and and also having that glamour of that era in this amazing building yeah. is just a partnership made in heaven and um, the prices of the drinks they range from about 22 to 25 euros yeah. um, and there are some non-alks as well yeah. and yeah it's definitely well worth a visit at summer or any time definitely villa ijea the brand new issue of the cocktail lovers magazine is available now abvs anniversaries age statements percentages three-seater and 300-plus high-volume bars. This is The Numbers Issue. To get your copy, set up a subscription or gift it in print or digital, visit thecocktaillovers.com slash magazine. As we often say, there's lots of new cocktail books coming our way mm. all the time, which mm. is great, which we love. When are we going to get the Cocktail Lovers book? Well, I think we should... We keep getting asked about that. Yeah. I think we ought to pull, Let's our, do it. pull our finger out and get on and actually <laughs> jolly well do it. <laughs> but uh, going back to my choice today, this week, this episode, as I say, lots of new books, but it's nice sometimes to just look along the shelves at home. And I saw one, it jumped out at me. I thought, perfect for our little travelogue. Mm-hmm. And it is called Around the World in 80 Cocktails. Good. Well, couldn't be a better description, really. It's by an Australian bartender and writer based in Melbourne called Chad Parkhill. And also, and I think this is very significant because we'll talk about it, the illustrations are by another Melbourne-based artist called Alice Err. And they he describes it as celebrating the globe-trotting history of the cocktail through 80 different cocktails, each with their own story to tell. Mm, okay. So it's a lovely book to dip into. And uh, uh, as he says, it's 80. I'll pass this to you. Thank you. His, it's 80 cocktails. Each has a little bit of history. So you can just find a cocktail that you like the sound of, like a Martinez or a, a daiquiri. Mm see where it originated from he tells you a little bit about it and then how to make a kind of classic version of it but i also like the fact you can kind of start exploring you can just look up the name of a country or a city or a region and think well what came from there so like los angeles the flame of love which apparently was he tells us created for dean martin but also taken up big time by frank sinatra there's a uh, uh, the Japanese Slipper from Melbourne, where where they're based, and so on and so forth. So I, it's one of those books I like where I can just put my feet up and dip into it. You don't mm. need to read it cover to cover. No, but I do love the illustrations. They because, are lovely. You know, you've they? got the backdrop of the country yeah. where it's from. So in, in this particular instance, I'm looking at the Pisco Sour, which yeah. is from Lima in Peru. And then you've got Machu Picchu in the background. You've got a little um, alpaca as yeah. well. Well, so you, you love can an alpaca, don't yes, you? Yeah. and then they have all of them. They'll have the glassware, just sort of super. It looks like it's superimposed. It's not because mm. it's an illustration, but it's front and center of the yes. uh, of the actual piece, and it's a really lovely way to sort of talk about the region, but also bring the the cocktail into focus. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful, really that- bright and vibrant, and. Very cool, I would oh, yeah. say. I think those illustrations, why I really love them as well, as well as the way you described the design of them, they've got a very slightly retro feel mm. and they remind me of classic travel posters yes. or those, you know, luggage labels that you all yeah, see in yeah, old yeah, movies, yeah. like people's yeah. suitcases covered in luggage labels, mm. which I, I wish we still did. And it reminds me of those. So there's a real sense of travel. And um, as I say, it's that sort of book, you know, just nice to dip into. It's fun. There's all the sort of drinks you want to have a little story about. The Martinez, the Manhattan Gimlets, gin and tonic, daiquiri. I could go on and on. So I think this is a fun, fun book. As I say, it was published six years ago, but I've checked. It is still readily available. Right, it's good. It's round about £14. And I think this is a fun book for yourself or to gift. Fun 
Following a successful 10-year career working for drinks corporates such as Heineken, Bacardi and Cavallan Single Malt Whiskey in Shanghai and Taiwan, Taco Chan brings her considerable wealth of brand and marketing experience to the super innovative, uber-fabulous, award-winning bar Double Chicken Please in New York. As manager of brand marketing and PR communications, she's put her formative years to good use, building intrigue and creating the buzz that surrounded Jian Chan and Fei Chen's bold and quite frankly brilliant design-inspired drinks concept since it opened in November 2020. And her innate talent has no doubt contributed to the bar's recent well-deserved accolades of Best Bar in North America 2023 and the Best Bar in Northeast USA 2023 on the 50 Best Bars list. Taco also runs the floor and front of house at Double Chicken Please, so it's fair to say that she's pretty damn busy, so we're absolutely thrilled that she's made time to talk to us today. Taco, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. It's absolutely our pleasure. So, Taco, if we could start with, um, you've already had a fascinating career and it's only just getting started, so could you tell us... What did you want to be when you were growing up? Well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a lot of things when I grew up. I think I wanted to be a doctor, but obviously it went to a completely different path, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that the the doctor's profession would have loved you being in it, but we as cocktail lovers are so glad that you're on this side of the business. So how did you find yourself working in the drinks industry And what kind of roles did you originally have when you first started? It's funny that I never thought of I would be joining um, the service industry, the F&B industry, um, not to mention with hand in hand with two of my best friends, Jian Chang and Fei Chen with Double Chicken Please. So I started off my career with um, Heineken. So it was purely spray marketing, trade marketing, um, and I moved forward to Bacardi Legacy. Uh, Bacardi. So that's where I, through Bacardi Legacy, where I met Faye and Gian. Ah, oh, yes. I met them both there as well. That's fantastic. I know. I, I saw you running around the events um, here and there. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's fantastic. Let's rewind a little bit because you said that you started working at Heineken. How did that come about? Because was it something you were looking for working in that industry or was it just a job that you happened to apply for and you got into it? Well, I was not planning on applying Heineken at the very, very beginning. So I majored in um, marketing and event management. So I had a chance that I had to have my internship done right before I graduated. So it's one of those stories. Um, I joined Ogilvy for their PR. And that is where Heineken was my client. And just, I had a, I had a great time. And um, that was when right before I graduated, well, everyone was looking for jobs. I was one of them as well. I had no idea what I want to do. Zero idea. So I was just browsing through um, website every single day. And I know that I want to do marketing related. I was very firm on that. And until that one day, Heineken Shanghai emailed me asking me if I would be interested to join the team. I was like, Oh, wow, cool. It's right there. And I was already familiar with Heineken in a way. So I took on the offer and I joined the Heineken team in Shanghai. And that's all how it started. Although that um, I can't drink, I don't drink. I'm very, very low on alcohol tolerance. I enjoy tasting. I'm always open and explore uh, different flavors. Yep. So that's my, that's my, how my journey started with Heineken. And it seems I never turned back to non-alcoholic brands or other beverages. 
I know it's such a great industry to be in. And actually, it's a great story for other people to think about how they can work with drinks. You know, it's not just about being a bartender. You can do those various things that you've done. So you've touched on on a few of the things. You said marketing, you've done brand stuff. Can you expand a bit as well? Sure. Um, So with... Heineken with Bacardi, even when I moved back to Taiwan with Kavalan whiskey, I was always I'm very fascinated by the concept of a brand. Cause that's where I I feel like that's where you really identify yourself internally, like who you are, what's your mission, what do you stand for? And you have that all figured out for yourself and how do you deliver that message to your audience or to the market, to the world, to your consumer? That's where the marketing apply. So it's almost like a 360 degree kind of to hold the whole package. And that's something that I was very, very fascinated with all this while, even until today. And there's no right or wrong answer, but it's how you create that resonation to the public. It's like a, almost like a conversation that what you throw, what people receive, and to find a balance or the middle ground and to make it work. It's, it's fascinating. You know, you've been through this sort of world of marketing and brand and PR and things. So double chicken, please. Um amazing award-winning bar um how and when did you start on the project well initially i i remember that it was um jeans and face their their goal to own the bar together in a very competitive market new york the big apple and um we all know that we opened the pickle pandemic so back then it was all about surviving to make sure that um, the bar is able to function, um, have enough of income to feed the front of house team, even the kitchen team. So back then there was not much of um, branding or marketing involved, simply just because we couldn't afford and we are fighting through our basic to survive on a daily basis. It was a very tough time. Until that when um, the COVID started um, slowing down, we're very, very lucky. And that is when um, Jen and Faye approached to me again, because we none of us see the COVID coming. Right, so they approached me again, asking if, all right, I think um, we think it's time to do something. Like, let's get the branding, let's get marketing, let's get some PR going on. And um, all right, so that's when I came to New York about two years ago to kind of to scout around. Because <laughs> it's such a big decision for me. You know, being f- with the corporate for over a decade and moving to the other side of the world and joining a bar to do something I have never done before. That is so, I mean, really exciting, but really daunting. So I know that you said you, you met both Jen and, and um, Faye during Bacardi Legacy. And I know right at that time, which was about, what, six years ago or something, that Jen had the idea for Double Chicken, please. So it was a, a real germ of an idea. How did he sell the idea to you? to make you actually leave and come to, to New York to, to work on it? How did he sell it to you? Oh, Jim has his charm. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim and Faye, they knew each other way before Faye and I met. They knew each other even longer. So I know Faye through work, obviously, and we got to spend a lot of time together from, you know, from he was from she was our client working at Speaklow to legacy to she becomes um someone who plays a very important role in my career pretty much. So I was thinking that okay, this is GN and I trust Faye. 
And they're going to be business partner together. He can't be that bad. Like he has to be legit, right? So that was just right before I'm I got closer with Gian. Um, and we start texting. I feel like um, when Gian says a pitch, or when he was explaining this whole concept to me, we we share a lot of same visions. Let's put it this way. You know, our value was very aligned. Our visions, the way of thing, um, how we do things, how we think, the goal, what's the end goal that we are going to achieve? Of course, that sometimes we'll have different approaches, different routes, but overall, we shared the same goal. And okay, then I do. That is when I say yes. So I think what really triggers me is what. Um, the devotions and the dedication that Jian has is always like go go go. And Fei will be Fei also shares the same um way. Let's go, let's do it. You know, there's no way back. Is either go big or we go home. So I'm in a way I'm very similar as well. So all right, let's all go together. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But as I said, with the concept itself, because the the idea behind it, actually, you explain it. Tell our our listeners, just in case they don't know, and I'm sure most of them do. But describe the the look, feel, and rationale of Double Chicken Please. So for Double Chicken Please, where the name is from, the start from there. It's、uh, so Jian studied industrial design way back in the school. And he, with his um college best friend, who is AKA our currently our in-house designer, so they always wanted to open a design studio named Double Chicken Please. So Jian's um Mandarin nickname is Chicken Fillet, and his back, um his friends, his name is Turkey. So they're kind of like. Chicken-ish, so that's how the name the the name come about.、Um, so somehow, you know, like like the story that Jim probably shares through、um, legacy that he he his money was all scammed. He became a bartender. He found the passion of you know perform and design. So when Double Chicken Please, it's a cocktail bar. Right now is a cocktail bar, but the whole concept behind it, it's actually a design studio, and that is something that I have not seen or hear before, at least from my personal experience. And he also share a lot of um other long term wise, like what are the goals that he wanted to achieve that Double Chicken Place is looking at, um. I think it's a whole package. It's beyond just a cocktail bar. So right now,、um, the establishment we have dual concept in one space.、Um, at first, because the location they they found so many other locations that it didn't pull through. So finally, when we found this current locations in Lower East Side of New York,、um, decided to have dual concepts. So the front room, all the drinks are served to taps, and they are based on classic cocktails with a seasonal twist. So it's a very easy, simple approach. First come, first serve. is free. is a lot more vibrant kind of ambience.、Um, while the back room is seated only, crafted cocktails, where the cocktail menus are、um, applied with the approaches of hacking design. So we. Deconstruct an item, a full item, and we put it back into a cocktail form. So we play around the flavors. So like with this concepts, that is what truly sold me. All right, this is something that very cool. And with okay, that's gonna be the future. What Double Chicken Place is going to do with a lot of different projects happening soon. With that in mind, I mean it's such an unusual concept. How how did you personally, with your your background in PR and marketing, how did you go about 
selling this idea, this concept to the media and the public? Well, because um, I'm not, I don't have a a bartender background. And how I see this, I try to think from a consumer perspective. Like, all right, so when a consumer comes in, what's the first thing that they see? What's the first message they receive? Um, What potentially they are looking at to receive? And when they walk out from the door, what, what and how would it explain their experience to their friends? That's that's where I try to um, get my marketing going on from there. So I remember the very first time I just arrived in New York, my first full step into Double Chicken Please. Seeing all these tabs li- um, lining up all there with um, the tap menu, calling by numbers, I was like, oh, wow, okay calling by number and we're looking at the ingredients so when i am going to take order i go with the number and the music is slightly more louder than the than the back room it's also first come first serve so it's very free in a way it's free and um while the back is more is a lot more whimsical and it's stated so there's a huge differences between so at the very beginning, um, simply just we wanted to have dual concepts, and I think that's the best way to we think is the best way to separate um, the space. And when I joined the team, well, it's kind of my job to um, to give it more personality and give it more identity for each room. So um, right now. We are going to apply more of a storytelling approach for both rooms. So instead of calling the front room as front room, we are going to be named as DCP Free Range. I see what you're doing there. Fantastic. Right. Well, the back room, formerly called back room, it will be named as the coop. That's great. So when is that coming into play? So we already have these ideas um, going on. So rest of the marketing approaches are in planning right now just to match the theme. So we will take it slowly to have some uh, changes as we go in terms of the um, guest experience wise. Also, we'll have um, we have a series of merch going to launch soon for especially for for the front room just to elevate the whole experience and the whole brand identity because it's about being young being free you know a lot of opportunities and we'll just go and you know live freely that's the whole bcp free range is about yeah it's so exciting i was there actually in april and I loved it. I love both of the bars. The The front room is great because, as you say, there is that energy and that immediacy and the drinks are lovely. Yes, they're on tap, but they're just beautifully balanced and really fantastic. And then the coupe, as, as it's now called, is another experience altogether, much more sedate, much more grown up much more reflective almost and but both of them work beautifully together so it's one of those ones I mean now that it's number one on every single list going obviously people will want to go but they should go anyway because it is a delight and a a joy so it's good to know what your plans are because once you get to these sort of dizzy heights it's it's is it easier or harder to work with a bar then? Honestly, we have different challenges every single day, regardless of any recognitions. Because Double Chicken Please is such a young brand. We are only two and a half years old. Um, it's a young brand. We have a young, big team. So... There are a different there are a couple of different aspects to 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 look into this, whether that if it's challenging, whether if it's difficult or if it's uh commercially wise that it generates more revenue. There are different ways to look at it. So for 
Service-wise, we have always been constantly polishing our service and conducting a lot of trainings on weekly basis or even on daily basis. And um, having these recognitions or even the bar is a lot more busier. How do we make sure the service is on point and having every team members are growing at the same speed, progressing, and still at the same time is keeping up with their um, performances, mental, physical, well-being. Like it all comes in hand in hand, regardless we have a ranking, recognitions or not. So that's from like the service standpoint. We are constantly polishing the service. Um, from the commercial aspect, it is great to have um, the recognitions. However, somehow it links back to the um, the service and the operation. If we can function effectively as a team and slowly, commercial-wise, it also doesn't make sense because we can do as many events as we like, doing a lot more collaborations as we like. But if we don't have a solid team, matured enough, efficient enough, it doesn't make any sense that we can fulfill one another. So that has always been something that we are doing um, on a daily basis with any nominations or not. You know, that doesn't mean that your produce will always be on time. That doesn't mean that, you know, your pipe won't get clogged. Like, it's still the same service uh, problems that we do on daily basis. You know, that doesn't mean that your internet won't go down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So it's all back to the fundamental. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting you, you're talking very specifically there about service. And, and you personally, um, it's interesting because often Bath people they start off in the bar and then they might go off and they start working behind the scenes in uh marketing or pr you've sort of done it the other way and you've sort of worked in marketing and brands and pr but we understand you actually do work front of house now so what's that experience been like for you and, and what kind of experience do you bring from your previous life into being front of house at the beginning it was a little bit challenge. I'm not going to lie. Because like I can come out with a brand deck easy, no problem. Because I'm so familiar, so comfortable of doing it for over so many years. But I still remember um when I was about to drop a chicken sandwich to a table, I was standing in like on the floor and I was like, oh my god, which table was that? So I had literally had to count. So it was just really overwhelming at the very beginning because, well, there are so many things going on. Um, there are so many different positions and I have, I have no idea how to surf. Simply, I only surfed my parents before. Right. So um, I was on the floor every single day with different positions beside the back room uh, bartend positions for a long period of time and um so for double chicken please we do cross training position cross training so everyone takes on different positions on daily basis you can be the front serve today you can be the front bartender tomorrow and or the host or the back server or running food or flow or bus or washing glasses so I take on every position for a long period of time to be comfortable, familiar, and to be able to train that troubleshoot ability on the floor because it's completely different than what I was doing before. Everything is brand new. So yeah, um, that's how I started. And a lot of calories burn, get my cardios done. <laughs> Great training, though, right? Because, it, I mean, it, it must give you training. such a... Yeah, and a, a, another insight into the whole marketing thing as well, you know, so... Yeah, so that truly helps me a lot rather than um, sitting in front of my laptop looking through articles or looking through, like, case studies 
on how a bar or how a, what is hospitality marketing by words. Rather than doing that, just jump in there, feel everything, do everything, and you get the direct feedback and interaction from our guests. That's like the best way. So that really helps me a lot to get to where I am now that I know our clientele, I'm able to shape it more clearer to even to do like a brand positioning to come up with the name of the DCP Coop and yeah, DCP Free Range and the Coop. Like all of um, it all ties back to hand in hand. Yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Now, the one before we get to the end, because we haven't even touched on the types of drinks, because the drinks, it's not just the the whole concept of the bar and the fact it's a design studio. The drinks themselves in the coop are quite one of a kind drinks. Could you just explain them for our listeners, please? All right. So for the coop, the cocktails are tend to be a little bit more sophisticated in a way. Um, so the approach is what we call it a hacking design. Right now, our coop menu, there are nine cocktails. So um, we have the top three cocktails, the Japanese cold noodle, the New York beet salad, the Waldorf salad. We positioning as it's more like an appetizer. So they are refreshing. They are easier to start. Great cocktail to start your palate to start your night. As you go, you will be entering to your main course, which are red-eyed gravy, mango sticky rice, and cold pizza. Yes, these are drinks, folks. She's not going through food. These are drinks. Right. They are li- liquid food in a yes. way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they are slightly more uh, boozy for in a way, like, you know, like you're having your red meats or your white meats for your, your dinner. Right. After that, you um, you go into the dessert cocktails, which are the butter raisin biscuit, key lime pie, and French toast. <laughs> French so toast that's how I we, love. <laughs> that's how we design our um, backroom cocktail. Like there's a reason behind it for your palate. And that also kind of helped the guests to navigate like, oh, how do I... How am I going to order my cocktail? Because literally when you sit down, when you look at a menu, it's all food items. And it could be overwhelming at the very first glance. So um, so when you're looking into all these food liquid items, they we apply hacking design. We deconstruct the flavors from a dish or from a dessert. And we play around the flavor, what makes sense, and we put all the flavors back together and we turn that into a cocktail alcoholic obviously yeah they are delicious and as well as having foodie drinks you do have foodie food don't you as well chicken forward oh, the, the chicken sandwiches <laughs> yes so it's all about the chicken yeah absolutely double if i'm getting really mind. hungry and thirsty now i know <laughs> So while we have you, you've you've given us a great insight into what's going on and and also some little things of what you're doing for the future. But any other things in the pipeline that we should know about before we all head over to New York? We, I think we are moving on to um, DCP version two, almost. So... um, we are in the process of going to um, curate, create a lot more our original events. So that being said, how do we, um, we're going to do a lot of also cross-industry collaborations as well. So we did a Mind Clock event last year. Uh, we partner up with Empirical. And we create the whole um, sensory from visual. We did some installations and to your palette sensory. We created our other new cocktails just for this event exclusively. So moving forward, we will be partnering up with some other brands. Right now we are, we're 
um, it's a hush hush, but it's already in planning. So how do we um, elevate the whole cocktail experience by partnering up with a non-industry brand and to create that sensory um, experience? When you come into Double Chicken, please, it's a lot more than just cocktail. There's going to be other surprises. Um, so that's something very, very exciting. And also we are launching a big line series of merchandises as well. It's happening soon. That will be very cool. I can't wait. Lots to look forward to. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So that's wonderful. Thank you so much for just giving us a little taster of what's in store and what's coming up. And as I said before, I've been, Gary is dying to go. I know, so I I'm think so that's jealous on. of Sandra that she's been <laughs> No, don't I be jealous. Been. I think we should both go together. Absolutely. And um, we can't wait, Taco. So thank you so much for sharing and also for just explaining why Double Chicken Please has been awarded so many great accolades yeah. and I'm sure many more to come. So thank you very very much thank you thank you both so much for taking the time out having a chat with me and having me here thank you so much Andrea and gary looking forward to have you guys over soon we're taking a short break from the cocktail lovers podcast but we'll be back in august meanwhile the new issue of the cocktail lovers magazine will be available in july for full details of our new magazine and the next season of the podcast, follow The Cocktail Lovers on Instagram or sign up to our newsletter via our website, thecocktaillovers.com.